0: Social with Ed Easton Jr. We are back once again here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, iHeartRadio, and of course, Spotify. And last week's show, you know, we kind of just jumped right into the whole soccer, you know, expansion and for soccer to get more awareness here in America, you know, with MLS, of course, and and, uh, some of the other leagues that are around. There is obviously the biggest leagues Like I was kind of uh, hinting towards um, before this. I was talking about the World Cup. I was talking about how the uh, Premier League is such a big deal. And just so happens in New York City this week, we have one of the biggest football clubs around the world. You talk about Manchester City visiting New York City and uh, the legion of fans. Now, mind you, these are the defending champions of the Premier League. I just want to put that out there for those that are, don't follow or really understand the, the importance of this visit. They have come here and basically taken over New York City the last couple of days. They're on their USA tour. And like I said, they're the defending champions. So as defending champions, they are coming here. They are greeting fans. They usually do this every single year. And they play an exhibition game because their season starts around the middle of August. For their visit this time, they're actually going to be playing at MetLife Stadium. In the past, they have played at Yankee Stadium. And uh, like I said, so many fans, they are closely associated with New York City Football Club. They share the same colors. It's a really big deal. And they've done so many great events around the city in about two or three days. um, I actually just came from one. This one was at uh, Pier 17. They had a, a pop-up with a bus. And inside the bus, there were highlights of past uh, championship games and different things going on with Manchester City. And uh, some of the, the fans that were just coming out, they were came out from everywhere already wearing the jersey and uh, trying the little things. Uh, people had these little um, competitions set up for kicking a soccer ball. And there was different photo booths set up. It was a good time. Um, they did different parts of the city. I think Pier 17 was one. Uh, another one, I believe, uh, further on the Upper West Side. So uh, everyone who may not have been aware of the importance of Manchester City got an opportunity to, to really learn more about it. I thought it was a really cool event. And some of the players are all around the city as well. Leroy Sane from Manchester City was actually on Twitch and uh, from the NBA store was playing... Uh, NBA 2K and FIFA against uh, D'Angelo Russell of the Brooklyn Nets. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like you're seeing a combination of just two different sports and two different athletes, you know, coming together in a in a different arena. It was uh it was definitely in video games. I thought that was a cool setup. And this happened at the NBA store. You had at a Yankee Stadium. There were some players coming by, uh, meeting the meeting the the Yankee players and. And just talking, uh, Aaron Boone was uh, wearing a Manchester jersey as they uh, showed up. Uh, I thought that was uh, really cool as well. And uh, like I said, it was just the um, the atmosphere and uh, just learning more about the team. And I, I really appreciate when you get to see such a legendary club, um, Manchester City, come to New York. And, and really just, you know, they educate us. Because uh, a lot of us may not follow Premier League that are not heavy soccer fans. And may not understand the importance and just how great this organization is and how great the league is. So, uh, I always look forward to things like this. And this was a a lot of fun. So, um, if you didn't, you know, see any of that or if you missed out, uh, check my Instagram, at Ed Easton Jr., my Twitter as well. I'm going to post some stuff. So, it was a pretty cool moment. So, definitely hats off to them. And like I said, their game is against Liverpool. So, going to be a lot of fans. And it's going to be loud. At MetLife Stadium, I just think that's a really cool situation. Now, because I want this episode to focus more on just the international aspect of sports and not just what we see in America, I also had to look at our. Uh, I actually, I take a, a closer look at our neighbors from the north, and that is Canada. And I wanted to know just not only the thoughts on what's going on with the Toronto Raptors and the big Kawhi Leonard deal. But just, you know, what is important out there? Is it still hockey? You know, can we all have our assumptions that hockey reigns supreme in Canada. And I I don't want to be just one of those guys saying, oh, yeah, you know, Canada, they just care about the hockey. There's so many hockey teams in HL. That's pretty much it. There's also the CFL, you know, Canadian Football League. Uh, Johnny Manziel actually is signed down there, and he was recently traded um, so it's it's just a lot going on as well as, you know, the baseball situation. We all know about the Toronto Blue Jays. The Montreal Expos were a team there until they moved to, to become the Washington Nationals for those that have been living under a rock for over 10 years now. Um, just, you know, the whole lifestyle that is uh, in Canada and how it's changed with the infusion of Drake. Because I used to just believe that the whole Drake hype was people that were associated with his music. It really isn't. Apparently, he has taken Toronto to another level and the whole town, everything is the six. And um, I'm not going to go too deep into it myself. So I had to make sure I brought in a, a, a fellow sports journalist, Miss Lala Kashishian. She is uh, from Canada, from Toronto, Canada, and she covers a lot of what's going on with the Raptors as well as other sports teams that are down there. And she gave her full, full thoughts on the whole Kawhi Leonard deal as well as just uh the atmosphere in Toronto with Drake and with the Raptors and she has some surprising uh thoughts on DeMar DeRozan who I believe was such a a huge part of the Raptors resurgence he's the all-time leading scorer he you know he's just basically in my opinion got got the shaft a little bit i thought the general manager of the Raptors took it a little too far it was uh it was just it was just weird to me. It was just you give a guy a brand new contract. You basically tell him you're the franchise. We want to build around you, and then the opportunity to get a guy like Kawhi Leonard, who who just gave up on his team, gave up on a, a very good franchise in San Antonio. I, I just thought it was such a a panic move, just like firing your head coach who won coach of the year. It's just to me odd situation. I think um, the Raptors wanted to be aggressive. They wanted to see what they could do to shake things up, but you kind of just put you kind of just put a, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths that were supporting this young team that were a lot of fun last year, just by the moves made. I just thought they were panic moves that did not need to be made like this. Um, Lala's going to give me her thoughts. She was very uh, close to it, uh, living in Toronto and covering the team. So uh, definitely going to hear from her. Also, I'm very excited to say because, like I said, Manchester City has taken over New York City. On today's show, I have legendary striker as well as Manchester City legend Paul Dickoff on the show. And he's going to talk about just today's game and everything that's going on within Manchester City, getting ready for the new season and everything they've done in New York for the most part. And just explaining what goes on Premier League football and uh, soccer here in America, and he has plenty of insight on just growing the game here in the U.S. So, I, I like I said, it was a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, just to keep the whole international flavor flow going, uh, I do want to give a shout out to Tiger Woods. How about the performance he put on at the Open? Um, you know, not the British Open, but the Open. He put on a heck of a performance. Had the lead in the final round for about, i say, about two or three holes. Uh, until he eventually lost out and i'm uh, gonna hear a little bit of his press conference afterwards and just his resurgence because now the guy is a force again in the uh in golf so uh, pga watch out this could be the uh, comeback for tiger woods happening kind of late but at least it's happening that's that's how a lot of people feel i'm a fan of tiger woods i want to see him get back on his feet this was um a really good thing and uh like i said anything that happened it's the pga tour you never know. And um, you're just going to take a listen to uh, what he had to say as he was leaving and uh, finishing up his uh, final holes in the final round at the Open. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, iHeart Radio, and Spotify.
1: ticked off at myself for sure. Uh, I had a chance starting that back nine to, uh, to do something and I didn't do it. Uh, I thought today starting at the day I saw that Jason played a beautiful round early. Um, Brooksy played a, another solid round today and I thought that uh, I thought nine would be the number. You know there's three guys at nine. I figured one of the three guys would shoot even par. Uh, I know it's tough out there but I figured I needed to go get that number somehow. And uh you know, next thing lo and behold, I'm I'm tied for lead and then I'm leading it. And uh, you know that unfortunately I hit uh, a bad three and off the tee there at, at ten. grass grab grabbed my shaft again and hit it left and I made a couple mistakes there on the green. And uh, same thing at at twelve. Um, sha- the grass grabbed the shaft this time I turned it open and uh, made bogey there. Tiger, could you look it back other than the execution No, no. Today uh, today I did everything the, the way that I, I thought I needed to do it to win the championship. This entire week I I felt like I needed to keep building my way into this championship. Um, it's one of those where, it, as I said earlier in, in the week, it's going to be about 10, 12 guys with a chance to win it on Sunday. Because uh, we're all driving in the same areas. And uh, it kind of turned out that way. A bunch of guys packed, a bunch of guys with a chance to win, and uh, I was one of them. Mm.
2: And
1: how, how did you feel coming out of that you feel, you to do No, I felt great. I mean that to to uh, you know to not drop a shot there after being in, you know, three bad spots. Um, the the one on on Ace, not not bad spot. Uh, the one on 9 was was not a very good shot in there uh, to hit a 6 iron, you know, in the right bunker and then um, tugged my tee shot there at 10. Uh, that I at the time I thought that was the tournament. Uh, either I I hit this shot and it clears the burn, or I hit it right next to my feet. Um, I got to try and pull it off, and I stepped on it and pulled it off. I in big picture, how much fun was it to be back in the mix? Oh, It was a blast. It, it, uh, you know, I was saying earlier that, you know, I I know I need to try and keep it in perspective because at the beginning of the year, if you would have said you were playing the Open Championship, I would have said, you know, that's I'd be very lucky to do that. Um, you know, I talked to... Uh, you know, Serena and I are good friends, and we're, you know, I'm sure she'll probably call me and talk to me about it because you got to put things in perspective. She just had had a baby and and lost Wimbledon finals, and I used to just keep keeping her in perspective. And the same thing with with me. I I know that it's going to sting for for a little bit here, um, but you know, given where I was to where I'm at now, um, blessed. When you your, did it feel familiar? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It did. It did. It didn't feel any different. Um, it didn't feel any different to being you know next to the lead and knowing what I needed to do. I've done it so many different ways. Um, uh, it didn't feel any any different. You know, it felt great to be a part of the mix and, and build my way into the championship. And uh, today was was a day that I had a, a great opportunity. Like the first time, your, fan, your kids were totally aware. I'm sure mm. of what you were doing out there. Describe the scene on the 18th green with them. I told them I, I tried, and I, you know, I said I hopefully you, you're, you're proud of you know your pops for trying as hard as I did, and you know they gave me some. It was, it was you know pretty emotional because they gave me some pretty significant hugs there and squeezed, and um, I know I know that they know. How much this championship means to me, and how much it feels good to be back playing again. And to me, it's just so special to have them aware, because I've I've won a lot of golf tournaments, you know, in my career, but they don't remember any of them. And so, uh, for them to understand, we you know what I was doing, you know, early in, in my career, and they've seen only thing they've seen are the, my struggles and the the pain I was I was going through. Um, now they're just wanna. They want to go play soccer with me, and uh, so that's, man, it's just a, such a great feeling. What is next for you, well, I don't think I'm going to get into Bridgestone. Uh, I think I needed top four, I think top three, top four, somewhere in there. Um, I don't know, but if I'm in Bridgestone, I'm in Bridgestone. If I'm not, then. I'll see you at bell reef. About Bex, right, the galleries
2: were this week. Unfortunately there was an incident there on AT. Mm. Is that a case of that being a too close to play? And did it affect your yeah,
1: yeah, I yeah, I've I flinched. Um, but I've had things like that happen a lot in my career with you know, people are just try to time it, either, either that or they are a little bit overserved. You know, they've tip back a few and it's late in the day. Um, unfortunately that's as part of you know what we have to deal with you know in today's game. Uh, people are trying to yell out things to try and you know be on TV or be in social media or whatever it may be. Um, that was that was too close to to the game of play. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone. Hmm. Thank uh, Francesco played. Uh, he played really solidly today. I mean, he hit a couple off shots, but would one him? Well, if, if he does win. Uh, it was definitely a short game. I mean, he chipped it beautifully, and I, I know he made a couple putts here and there for pars. But to get it to where it's basically kicking from some of the spots he he put himself, uh, that was impressive. Great touch. He uh, you could see him actually, you know, try and hit a couple with cut spin, try and hit a couple with draw spin. You know, he he was working the ball around the greens, and that was that was cool to see. Thanks, Got it, guys
3: iHeartRadio now combines your favorite radio stations plus your on demand music collection all in one app. iHeartRadio All Access now allows you to take your music collection offline to listen anywhere without a connection or using data. From the My Music pivot, tap on a playlist you want to take offline. Toggle to Offline. Indicators will fill in seconds, showing when your tracks and playlists are available offline. Radio, plus unlimited music, all in one app.
0: Do you want to retire like a champ? Just like legendary basketball
2: star Uncle Drew? Don't do it like that Uncle Drew! You're already acing the game. You've got your dream ride. Don't be slamming my door. Sorry about that. Uh, you just did the Now, nah, gotta
0: get the boys. Your dream vacation and your dream team. And now you can make your retirement just as legendary. I get buckets. Get the tips you
2: need to get on track at aceretirement.org. Thank you, thank you all for being uh, for being here. Um, uh, It's another big day for the Raptors. Uh, First of all, uh, I want to uh, not only uh, apologize. Uh, to DeMar DeRozan for um, maybe a, a gap of uh, miscommunication, uh, but uh, also to uh, acknowledge him and what he's done here um, with the uh, with the Raptors for this city, uh, for this country. There's no there's no measure uh, to uh, to what this kid has done and. Um, we appreciate him and I promise you that we're going to celebrate him in the best possible way uh, that we can uh, as long as I'm here. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the tough things in this business because um, we, are, um, we want to win uh, and I have to do everything in this organization uh, to get us uh, to a championship level uh, but um, there's also the human side uh, of this business and um, that's, the, that's the part I, I really struggle with the most and that's, that's what's most difficult. Uh, there's excitement, uh, but um, a lot of excitement, but there's, uh, there's also um, uh, I'm a loyal person. I know I'm a loyal person and um, you build relationships in this business uh, over the years, and you have relationships with players and people, and uh, this this doesn't the human part doesn't doesn't make it uh, easy at all. And um, but I understand sports, and sports is about winning. And uh, I have I I have a mandate to win, uh, and that's what I want to do is to win, uh, to win a championship, put Toronto Raptors uh, in a position to win, but. I, I really do acknowledge there's no measurement for what uh, DeMar DeRozan uh, has done for this organization. Um, uh, and also Jakob uh, Um we drafted him and there's a closeness to, uh, to kids that you draft. Um, you have um, certain relationships and um, those guys will be missed and um, I do acknowledge everything that uh, they've done. Yeah, um, that being said, um, it's uh, on to another chapter with, with, uh, with the Raptors and uh, we're excited to welcome uh, Kawhi Leonard and, and Danny Green to our fold. Um, uh, hopefully um, uh, on paper we feel we have a team that uh, can compete in the East and uh, maybe hopefully compete, um, uh, hopefully to uh, compete for a championship in this league and. That's, that's all we, um, that's, that's why we play, that's why we play sports, is to win and, and to, to compete for a championship. So um, we're, ex- we're really excited about this, uh, bringing a, a top five player in the NBA into our fold and um, hopefully, um, hopefully this can elevate us uh, as much as we want. Oh, thank you. Um, he's Damara has done so much for this organization you know and um, I think um, when when you're in my position you know um, you you always have to be open in what you can do and um, both of us um, had a conversation and um, uh, me and Damar know what that conversation was, and um, maybe I should have handled it. Um, you know, better. Um, so, um, that's, that's what I'm apologizing for. Sports social with Eddie Steen Jr. We are back
3: and I'm on the line right now with a sports journalist from Canada and uh, I believe Toronto, Canada, correct?
4: Yes, exactly.
3: Okay. I have Miss Lala Kishishian and I butchered your name. I apologize. <laughs> I wasn't going to do this right before we got on there, I said I wasn't going to do this, but, um, Welcome it's okay, to the you show. got it
4: when you corrected yourself.
3: <laughs> I tried. I tried. You know, I'm pretty terrible at this, but you know, I try. Um, <laughs> but uh, I like I said welcome to the show and and uh just thank you because uh there's so much going on in Canada and yep. you know, I'm hoping that you can try to help, you know, us uh, us silly Americans out as to what's going on in regards to just this whole thing with Toronto trading Demar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard. Because we're still trying to figure it out as to why Toronto yeah. would want to do this for a guy that is, um, at least from what we see on the outside, is just loved in Toronto.
4: Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this. Um, so with Toronto fans, I don't think a lot of people in the States realize how popular basketball is becoming in Canada, Toronto especially there's so many individuals taking like larger steps and so many Canadians in the drafts now. And like just so many grassroots programs, like becoming AAU and coming to the States to travel. And now a lot of kids want to play basketball and basketball. I won't say it's dethroned hockey in Toronto or Canada, but definitely it's coming up there. And we really were hurting, especially this past season in the NBA when we got swept by the Cavs. Like, Everyone said there's no way that we'll make it to the finals, but at the same time we said if there's any year we're gonna make it to the finals, it's gonna be this year. We were the number one we were the number one seed in the East, which has never happened in franchise history. Mm-hmm. We had a franchise high in win, so many firsts for our franchise, and we couldn't get the job done. We couldn't get that LeBron monkey off our back. And we've fallen to LeBron three times now in a row. And It sucks. So everyone, the whole fan base was like, we need to make a change. We want change. And what did Masai Rigi do? He made a change. First, he fired Dwayne Casey, which, of course, everyone was up in the air, like, how could they do that? He was the best coach. It Mm -hmm. wasn't his fault. It was DeRozan and Lowry's fault. So then what does Masai do? He gets rid of DeRozan. Oh, but how could he get rid of DeRozan? So I think our fan base was truly confused on what we wanted, because we want to change, but did we really want, like, this big of a change?
3: Yeah, and that's what uh, caught me off guard, especially the whole Casey situation. I mean, you talk about a guy that you knew he was going to win Coach of the Year. Uh, he led the exactly. team to the most wins in franchise history. And, it, you know, it's like they were – I understand getting to the finals was the number one priority their the number one team. You should not get swept by any means. I agree with that completely but you're going to get LeBron James. You're going to LeBron James, you know, it's,
4: but it's it, the worst Cavaliers team since what the two 2008 that he's taken that far. We had yeah. all the right pieces, all the right chemistry. And I think it was last finals, the 2016 17 season where DeRozan was talking in the post game conference and he literally sounded so inferior to LeBron. And as our star player, as our franchise player, you can't go into a into a game thinking that the other player is better than you because you'll never surpass them.
3: Right. I you know I do agree with that and just seeing obviously DeRozan as a player, I think the guy is an amazing player, an amazing scorer. can do a lot of things. He's gotten better every single year. It's just Definitely. Still, It's just so it's so odd because when you get a player like that and you just sign him to a big contract and he's a, the franchise, you know, leader in scoring and all these different things. How much he's loved in Toronto? From that's all we heard all the time. And for just like, just like that, let's just trade him for uh, Kawhi Leonard, who doesn't even want to be there. That's what made a controversy. He's warming to me. up like, to
4: it. I think, you know what? I have so much to say about that because Toronto really, like, we've never had a player this loyal. I mean, of course, the media screwed everything up with Vince Carter. Vince Carter didn't truly want to leave, but he mm-hmm. did want out. He left, and we hated Vince Carter for a bit. Chris Bosh publicly requested a trade and left to form the first super team. And so to finally have DeRozan, who was so openly willing to give his whole career to our franchise, you know, that we got us to eat. so many people in Toronto have that on T-shirts and, you know, have that that, like, as a poster because that meant so much to not only the city but the country to know that one player had our back. And I think that's one thing that Kawhi hasn't has experienced. A lot of NBA players don't experience a whole country being mm-hmm. behind them and supporting them. And I think as a fan base, we need to forget about DeRozan's Instagram stories and his subliminal, like, depressing posts so, like, and emojis that he's using. We need to remember how we felt getting swept and how we felt consistently losing to LeBron. And the change we demanded, and now the change that we got, we needed something to happen to this team, and we finally got it. Everyone, we wanted American coverage, and when American coverage is covered Toronto, they'd say, this team needs a superstar. We got our superstar in Kawhi. We don't know how willing he's going to be to play. We don't know how he is recovering from his injury, but we finally have that superstar, and we have someone who's probably going to get us more American coverage, who's going to get us more ESPN coverage, I'm really excited. I think as a fan base, we need to embrace him instead of wanting DeRozan back.
3: Yeah, because, like I said, I was very – I was just really surprised that Toronto was the team that was going to end up getting him. And just the whole – Yeah, no um, one
4: expected that.
3: No one. This kind of just came up, I felt like, overnight. And even DeRozan, even when he found out the news, it was literally overnight. Um, I think
4: that was really messed up.
3: Yeah. I get it It, we can we
4: can have the loyalty versus um this like business argument for hours. But there's a way to go about it and especially the most loyal player we've had, they Mm. should have talked about it with him because he the way his posts were, we all think that he was you know, they kind of stabbed in the in the back and he wasn't as aware of this as we may have thought he was.
3: Yeah, it's it's safe to say that the PR for the Toronto Raptors is going to need a lot more work. It's like Drake is going to have to do a couple <laughs> more Drake nights because after the coaching situation, obviously this whole trade, and if Kawhi doesn't pan out, because already Kawhi's a guy, I don't trust him after the, the whole thing, the whole stunt that he pulled with San Antonio about not wanting to play and, and you know, yeah, whether he hurt true. or not. That's scary. If you're, if you're getting a player like that that's, you know, I want to say unstable because that's kind of like what he is. He's he's thinking more for himself and and not really the team. That's a scary type of player to have to be to be your best player.
4: Exactly, and he didn't even go support his team in the playoffs. He wasn't even sitting on the bench. And this was his team for years, for seasons. He won he won a championship with this team. So what? He'll, he won't even. It makes me scared mm-hmm. to, to even think about what he won't do with a team that he didn't originally have any interest coming to.
3: Exactly. And that was uh, – now, i got to say this. I'm a Knicks fan, and, you know, we're a okay. whole other train wreck. But, uh, you know, there was always a thought like, oh, man, maybe we could sneak up and get Kawhi. Even I, even as a Knicks fan, you know, we need everything. I, I was you saying do. I do want to deal with that. And you I, still
4: I, wanted Kawhi?
3: No, 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 no. I didn't want Kawhi. Like, even oh, with all that, one. I – didn't want him because because of those reasons. I don't want a guy that just because he has a bad day or he just doesn't feel like it will just sit out of a game. You know, like, I, I just yeah. feel like you're supposed to have a competitive spirit no matter what, especially when you're the best player on the team. That that drove me nuts. I, I don't know. Kawhi, I lost a lot of respect for him. I always loved his game. I think he's one of the best um, two-way players in, basically, in the game.
0: Absolutely. And uh,
3: it's going to be interesting to see how he does in Toronto. So, i like I said, I wish you guys the best of luck and I think Drake has his working out for you know, but Thank like, you. This, I
4: think I th- I'm personally really excited. Kawhi was my favorite player up until like you said, you kinda lose respect for a guy that isn't suiting up every night or isn't willing to open up and talk about why he isn't suiting up and he won't even show his face. But I think mm-hmm. the picture with him and Masai at the Biosteel practice arena, he had a little smile, a little smirk and that gave me some either optimism or that he's staying or he's happy that he's finally out of the, the Spurs franchise. And I don't know, I saw a tweet that they posted the picture that like, smile if you're only staying for one season. But even, hmm. even if that's the case, this is going to be an exciting season. And I really hope that he embrace. we are able to embrace him and he's able to embrace the city. Like, I know Drake will give him anything he wants.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm without excited question. to see
4: Kawhi in those OVO night jerseys. The environment in the now Scotia Bank Arena used to be the Air Canada Center. The environment right. in that arena is electric, you know, sold out every night. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to, to go see basketball. And I think now, of course, it's so sad that DeRozan isn't there, but we got Kawhi. We still got Lowry. He's a fan favorite for sure. We got Norm. OG is totally on the come up. We all love OG. He's kind of mm-hmm. like a young Kawhi, I think. Like, yeah, a two-way player, he's quiet, he's reserved.
3: I can see that. I can definitely see that growing. And um, just the fact that you said how you mentioned how it's always live, you know, it's it's really exciting now for our Raptors game. It probably wasn't the case before even Vince Carter or even during the Chris Bosch era. Now, oh, absolutely I have to not. Ask, yeah, I have to ask, is it because of Drake being a part of it or just because the team got better because – Everyone has their theory, you know, when Drake kind of said, oh, like, you know, I'm Toronto Raptors ambassador. Does he really have that much of a presence in in, uh, Toronto? He
4: really does. Wow. Everything is like the six, it's OVO. He has so many stores and, like, different restaurants around the city. Everyone loves Drake. And even at my – I go to Ryerson University, and my gym practice is my gym where all the varsity games are played is the vars is the Maddami athletic center and that was used to be the maple leaf gardens like where the the historic building the first ever nba game was played there the um toronto huskies versus new york knickerbockers and that's where the right. Maple Leafs won all of their all of their like historic stanley cups and you know greek has every friday in july it's currently going on is it used to be OVO Bounce, now it's Crown League, it's Nike sponsored. We get NBA players coming every every year to come play. Last year we got DeLon Wright, Kelly Olnick, and Norman Powell came to play. It's free. The whole city comes out in hopes to see Drake. Drake used to come, Trey Songz used to come. He used to get all these powerful figures. You get the best Toronto Caribbean DJs coming to play. And at my school at Ryerson University, there were two guys that played for OVO Nico in Crown League. So then you get all these OVO guys like OVO Nico, OVO Brian coming to our gym. So they just have such a big presence all around the city. And I wouldn't say that people started coming to the games for Drake Knight or because Drake became the ambassador. I think the Raptors, once Lowry came, like DeRozan didn't really do much on his own. Once Lowry came, then we started going to the playoffs. But I think them two together and then – it was kind of like raising to the glass ceiling, and then Drake coming at the right time just broke through the glass glass ceiling. So I just think think it was a perfect timing that everything came together.
3: Wow, that's really interesting. You know, obviously we hear stories from here and and to see that it's really a big deal that how Drake is, seems like such a short amount of time is just taking over.
4: Yeah, uh, I I like to single handedly think that he. Brought the first, the inaugural Toronto All Star Weekend in 2016 here.
3: Hmm. Right. That right. was
4: so exciting.
3: And I, Did heard you go I to anything? got to work
4: that. I got to work the center court. So it was like the fan experience. And I got to work with Isaiah Thomas. I got wow. to work with Robert Horry. I got to work with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, who were best friends at the time.
3: <laughs> it was an amazing
4: experience. And Just to have that, to know all those athletes were in our city, it was crazy.
3: And I think that was also Kobe's last uh, All-Star game.
4: Exactly. In Toronto, we got to witness that.
3: Yeah, so, hey, you know, that's actually a very good point. And considering, you know, even going back to, like, the Vancouver Grizzlies, I don't know if you remember them at all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was something that didn't last long. I, I remember how, when that started, and Toronto was getting a little bit of a fan base, but uh, Vancouver was getting nothing for the most part.
4: And Nothing. They were, you know, I've been doing some research on it, and I can't figure out why Toronto was so much more successful than the Grizzlies.
3: Well, I think it was, if you look at the team that, that was put together, Toronto had a better um, – they were drafting a lot better because they mm-hmm. were both bad when they both started. But uh, Vancouver, you know, they had Sharif Abdul Rahim. He was, like, their main player for a long time. Yeah. Uh they had Brian Big Country Reeves. And that was always a team that, you know, they just never seemed like like when you went to when a team went to Vancouver it was kinda like, okay, it's a it's just a nice trip. There was no fear in going to Vancouver because no one was showing up to Exactly. Games.
4: But I don't so, think Vancouver was a desirable location back then. People started visiting Vancouver after the Winter Olympics, I think it was twenty ten. And that's whenever people started to realize how beautiful Vancouver is. Before then, it was just if you're coming to Canada, you're coming to Montreal or you're coming to Toronto.
3: Hmm. Okay, that that makes sense. I mean, you know, that is true. I remember the Olympics and how it did grow. And and there was actually discussions about bringing a team back to Vancouver, like the NBA trying again. So That would be
4: great.
3: It would be interesting to we see. We definitely because, need um,
4: more Canadian teams.
3: Well, you know, well, Toronto then would lose its whole rep about being Canada's team, which is pretty cool when you think about it, you know. And even that goes, that stretches on to baseball after the Expos went to the Nationals. They went to Washington. Um, There's always been a cry to bring back the Expos and have another um, baseball team because right now it's just the Blue Jays. Um, I don't know, the Blue Jays a big deal for the most part because I remember there was a stretch when, when those guys were winning
4: yeah, when and, they were um, winning, the city was blue Jays everything. There are a lot of baseball fans in the city, but, you know, mm-hmm. nothing compares to hockey.
3: I was just going to say that. I was like, hockey has to continue to reign supreme. And obviously uh, from New York, I'm going to speak from the uh, the bitter New York um, hockey fan. <laughs> you know, uh, losing a Tavares from the Islanders, yep. the Maple Leafs, uh, I, I don't know. Our I'm pretty whole sure city is just,
4: so excited.
3: I was expecting that. He's from Toronto, so...
4: That did, right. did you see the tweet he posted? Um, it was when he was younger, and he was in bed, and it was all Maple Leafs, like a bread, bed spread and pillowcases was all Maple Leafs. And, you know, everyone in Toronto was quote tweeting it with the Drake line, again with Drake, I only love my bed and my mom, I'm sorry. Like, the whole city is so excited for this. And I think now there was an article that the Maple Leafs are favored for the St- Stanley Cup. Like, that hasn't wow. happened in a while.
3: It's yeah, I'm I'm you know I'm trying to hold it in because it was it was tough because I remember him uh, to very I, – I live in Brooklyn, so you know obviously okay. it's was a short time with the Islanders in Brooklyn, and he had that one uh, game-winning goal to to win that series for them, and yes. how crazy the crowd went and how beloved he was with the Islanders, and man, a lot I know. Do you I, think I, there's I, I some hatred
4: now? What happened? Do you think there's some what hatred happened?
3: now? Oh, there's definitely some hatred. When he returns to uh, to play the Islanders, whether it's in Brooklyn or back at Nassau, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough crowd because he oh, had a man. lot of
4: fans here,
3: a ton of fans here, and well, seven, it was kind of expected. Well,
4: over seven years. I think he'll deal with it. Yeah,
3: he'll be yeah he'll be okay, and he's back home too. So trust me, I
4: get it from his point of view.
3: But uh, for the many fans out there that supported him in New York, it's going to be rough. He was a he's a great player, and they thought he's going to be around for a long time. So all
4: yeah, the Islanders fans are cry.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that is the beauty. I
4: think it's I think it's amazing how our now the Maple Leafs roster there's twelve Canadians.
3: Hmm.
4: <laughs> and I think a lot of people think hockey is our national sport, but actually, it's lacrosse. We just there's so much better talent coming from hockey out of our country. That you just it think is- it's hockey and we just love hockey. <laughs> That's Canada's sport.
3: That's interesting, lacrosse. I would have never thought that. Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. And uh, 'cause I'm yeah, lacrosse is a very brandy-
4: national sport.
3: I see now this is something I'm learning right now because I feel like we're not just having a discussion. I'm just learning a lot about what goes on <laughs> in Canada because I had no idea. But my my last big one is uh the C F L Okay, yep. because the CFL's been around for a long time, and yes, it it's, has. it's been looked at uh, as like the secondary league to the NFL. Absolutely. How do you, how do you feel about that? Is that is that an accurate statement? Since you're from Canada, and you've you know, seen more.
4: I think so. It it looks it's definitely perceived as a joke compared to the NFL. I know guys in the CFL that they need a second job. They can't support themselves with the salary. You know, the games aren't necessarily sold out. It's something like, oh, if I really need something to do, I'm going to go to a game. But, I mean, it's definitely on the come up now. I think feel like more people are learning to embrace it. Last year, the I think 2016, no, 2016, 17, no, 17, 18, the Argonauts, Toronto Argonauts won the Great Cup. And then our MLS team, Toronto FC, won. So we were like, the city was on a high. Everyone thought the Raptors were going to beat the Cavs finally. didn't happen. But mm-hmm. um, CFL, people definitely go and support it. And once Johnny Manziel signed, we're like, oh, my gosh. We mm. can get some big-name players. And then we, there was a CFL highlight on ESPN. When would that ever happen?
3: Yeah, and I noticed that. And it was like uh, Johnny Manziel watched, and he obviously just got traded. So, yeah. So um, – is there, like, a chance that he'll actually play? Because I, I don't believe he's played the season Yeah, yet, he wasn't least, playing know?
4: the first two exhibition games with the Thai Cats. He didn't play. Um, I hope he gets to play. He's reunited with um, his the head coach, Mike Sherman, who convinced him to play at Texas A&M after he verbally committed to Oregon. So right. I think that, you know, he has some more luck on his side. A lot of people are jumping to conclusions thinking that he's going to fail because of the Montreal nightlife. Honestly, I went to school in <laughs> Hamilton where he played, he he got, he signed with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I went to school in Hamilton. It's a very – I don't like – like, a lot of people don't like the city. It's called the armpit of Toronto. But there's nothing to do there wow. but party. There's this street called Hess Street, and it's a bunch of bars and clubs, and everyone goes there. And because, like, you're an athlete and you're in the city, you're so accessible. So I think – He could have been wild with the nightlife in Hamilton. I don't think that he's going to really change that much in Montreal. It is a more livelier of a city. We've already talked about that, how it's more of a desirable city in Canada. But Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to fail because of this change. I think, actually, it will be better for him.
3: Well, let's see what happens. I mean, the guy obviously needs an opportunity. He messed it up in the NFL. And I think, eventually, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to try to come back and the everything. Finching, I believe, for uh, some of the stuff he's done with the Browns. But uh, I, I do hope for the best. I do want to see Manziel actually play and uh, see if this guy can really, you know, do it. I mean, all we've heard from him is hype since college. So exactly. it should be interesting. And Do um, you think Lala, he will get
4: a chance back in the um, NFL after this if he proves himself? Oh, yeah.
3: They, I just feel like the NFL takes everyone back. He took Michael Vick back. They've taken, That's true. uh they took Ricky Williams back, you know. Point it's, it's just a it's just a matter of time. I just feel like different guys they just they want they want the drama. The NFL always acts like, Oh, we just want to be a safe league, we're trying to be this. Everything about the NFL is being sold on drama nowadays, so they they enjoy it. You know, they just can't Absolutely. say they enjoy it. That's just that's what sells, you know. That's what sells. Yeah. But um but Lala, thank you very much. For, um, Thank you. In and just, Thank
5: you
4: for just having teaching.
3: me. Yeah, you told us everything about Canada right now, in terms of Canada sports that we may not have known. And um, if you don't mind just to, share, just to share the publication you write for, your Twitter, so people can get in contact with you.
4: I write for ATV News. It's at The Buzzer News. It's a Toronto media-based basketball blog. And my handle is at Lella Kesho, L-A-L-A-K-E-S-H-O. Please follow me. Hit me up with any article, topics, or anything you want to talk about. I love talking basketball specifically. I'll, I love to educate you guys on Canadian sports. Last fun fact before we go. We mm-hmm. do in Canada have an equivalent of March Madness. We have our equivalent for university sports in March. What's that? It's called Final Eight. No one knew about it. I was talking to Taylor Rook to sports in New York. She had no idea that it happened. But we do. <laughs> fun fact.
3: Okay. Yeah. you got to keep that in mind. It's called Final Eight, you said? Yeah. Okay, keep that in mind. Lala, thank you very much. Like I said, make sure you follow her on Twitter. And until next time, let's hope those Raptors uh, finally find a way to get past the, uh, the conference finals.
4: Yes, Kawhi, we believe in you. Thank you so much for having me.
3: <laughs> no problem. Take care. Bye. Hey, Dad. Yeah? You remember that ball game we went to a couple years ago? Sure. And how you
0: didn't have enough cash for two hot dogs, so you walked with me on your shoulders until we found an ATM? And then when we got back to our seats, we never saw the hot dog guy again.
2: Well, I don't remember all that.
0: Yeah, that was an awesome game.
2: You never know which moments will be the ones they'll remember forever. So take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one 4 dad 411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
5: Hi Ed, how are you? Hey, how's it going? I'm fantastic, how are you?
3: Doing very well, doing very well. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, speak with us about tonight's game.
5: No, not a problem at all. Thanks for having me on.
3: Oh, definitely. And um, I just want to start off and uh, just ask, uh, what are your thoughts on just being in New York City and uh, everything that's been going on in regards to uh, Manchester
5: City? Yeah, look, it's great. You know where um, Manchester City came here last year in the International Champions Cup, and everybody knows the season they've been on to have. You know, super successful, and uh, the facilities they've got here in the United States and mostly New York, with the the relationship with New York City FC. You know, the guys have been training up there, and getting the best facilities possible, um, and it's just just it's fantastic. You know, the players love it, the coaching staff love it, the fans love it. And it's a great way to prepare for the season.
3: Okay, and I know you guys are on a uh, USA tour uh, here for the preseason. Um, what do you enjoy most about uh, just being in the United States and um, just the fans that are Premier League fans here?
5: Yeah, look, it never ceases to amaze me. You know, I've been lucky enough to come over um, the U.S. quite a few times in Manchester City, and um, every time we come here, the, the passion of the fans, the support that they've got um, for Manchester City and the Premier League it just keeps getting bigger and bigger every time, you know. Um Maybe five, six years ago, it wasn't as big. Um, but the, the coverage they're getting now and the support, especially in New York, but for Manchester City, um, it's, it's getting huge.
3: I definitely understand. I know you guys were actually training with uh, NYCFC. And uh, as you can see, like the MLS is uh, still is very important here in the United States. What do you think will help the uh, overall growth of just soccer and its image in the U.S. the same way it is like everywhere else in the world?
5: Yeah, uh, look, first and foremost, it was great for me yesterday to watch the open training session, you know, um, obviously Manchester City training um, at New York City uh, FC's training grounds and, and actually seeing them both integrate together, you know, and talking about the growth of the MLS and how big and how big it's getting all the time, you know, we've got our own Jack Carrington, um, who was at New York City, obviously now at Manchester City, had a fantastic game the other night there against Borussia Dortmund, so it shows you that the talent is there um, in the United States, Um all the way through the college system and um, going into the MLS um, and Manchester City are always looking to find the talent and, you know, the partnership we've got with New York City, Jack Harrison, it just shows you that that it's there to see and it, it gives the kids a chance, you know, they can look at Jack, they can find a way through. Um, and it's, it's just going to get bigger and bigger all the time.
3: I hear that. And like I said, you guys were just doing a tour around New York City and going to Yankee stadium, uh, visiting the Yankees and, uh actually uh um Leroy Zane, uh, he actually did a uh, a Twitch uh, video game battle with an NBA player at the NBA store D- do you believe this is uh like it's really important to reach out to other sports and other leagues to just um expose the brand more within America
5: absolutely you know you've got obviously American football's master the basketball um the baseball as well, you know, I was lucky enough um, last week in Chicago to be able to go to the Chicago Cubs and, and throw the first pitch. Um, last year, when we were in Nashville, I, I kicked some field goals with the Tennessee Titans. So it just shows you that there's a huge relationship to be had with all the other clubs as well. You know, and I know, said before, maybe years ago, um, soccer was had a long way of catching up with these other sports, but it just shows you that the integration with them now, that it's getting closer and closer all the time. Um, and it's good fun as well, you know, it's great for the fans of, um the NFL for the for the baseball and, and the soccer teams to see.
3: I was actually gonna mention Paul, I did see that first pitch. It was a, it was a good pitch. Yeah,
5: I was Great really nervous about that. Um yeah, but what an honor, you know, um to go to the Cubs and, and throw it, you know, it's um, an iconic stadium. Um Fantastic baseball team with huge history. So, to be asked to do it with um, him was, was a fantastic honor for me. I've got to admit, I was a little bit nervous. You know, I'm used to kicking the ball, not throwing it, but I was just glad they got there.
3: <laughs> it was a good job. And uh, I do want to ask, uh, just obviously for tonight's game, what style of play should uh, fans expect from both Manchester City and uh, Liverpool?
5: Yeah, look, so there's a huge rivalry between both clubs now. And, and the one thing the fans are going to see is, is two of the, the best teams, not just in England in the Premier League, but two of the best teams in Europe. You know, Liverpool had a fantastic run in the Champions League last year. Obviously, Manchester City blew everybody away, um, breaking all sorts of records in the Premier League. And as much as people might think it's a friendly, it, it definitely won't be. You know, you've got two, two coaches who are two of the best coaches in the world, and you're going to have two sets of players. Um that will want to maybe put a little pointer down to the start of the season, you know, and I know myself from playing in pre-season games against your rivals, um, as much as there might not be a lot that will um, stand on the game tonight, um, but personally and collectively as a team, you want to get one over each other, so it's going to be a fantastic game. Two teams that will press will work hard, but two teams that will play fantastic football as well, so it's going to be a fantastic occasion for the fans.
3: Okay, and I have to ask, obviously, you have a, a legendary career in your own right. Um, is there a moment from your playing career that stands out most from Manchester City? Hey,
5: look, I was I was very lucky um, with a career spanning 21 years. Um, um, the majority of it um, at Manchester City, it's, it's the, the club I love, I love playing for them, I love doing work for them there, you know, and I, I was I was very lucky to manage to score a goal at Medway Stadium in 1999. Um Although, I'm a Scotsman, that was always my dream, to play at Wembley in England, and um, so to be able to do that for Manchester City, and um, what it meant at the time, and to actually score a goal that um, went down in history is, is a huge honour for me.
3: Okay, and uh, just to piggyback off that, is there a player in today's era that reminds you of yourself from your playing days?
5: Uh, I don't think there is small as what I am now, actually, so... Um, there's definitely nobody in the Manchester City team, and the one that sort of gets compared the most is probably Jamie Vardy at Leicester. And um, mm. he works hard, and probably scored a few more goals than what I did. But at the same time, he's he's probably the, one, the the comparison that gets made the most for me.
3: Okay, and um, Paul, my last question is: I have to ask, be Manchester City, defending champions, heading into the new season, is are there any uh any hopes or anything
5: that uh, that will be done differently to help defend the crown? Uh, look, the, the, the one thing and the biggest thing that impressed me about the, about the team last year, you know, yes, we're talking about them breaking all sorts of records, but it's the age of the squad. You know, a lot of the players, um, if you look through the spine of the team, goalkeeper Edison's 24. You've got John Stones, um, Laporte, Leroy Sani, who I spoke about already, Gabriel Jesus, Raheem Sterling, Bernardo Silva, you know, they're, they're all 24 and under. Um, so this team is only going to get better and you think that one of the best players, not just in the Premier League in Manchester City, one of the best players in the world, Kevin De Bruyne, is still only 26, 27. So they're going to grow as a team and they're going to get they're going to get better. It's going to be difficult because um, it's hard to win back-to-back Premier League titles. You know, no team's done that in the last 10 years. But this team, the, the biggest thing that pisses me about them is they always strive to be better. You know, they, they push each other all the time. They've got the best coach in the world that's pushing them all the time. Um, and it's going to be pretty scary for everybody
3: else. Well, tonight should be an electric atmosphere at MetLife Stadium. Once we have Manchester City versus Liverpool. Paul, thank you so much for uh, sharing some time and letting us know.
5: Thank you, Ed. Okay,
3: thank you, man. Take care. you too.
0: I want to take the time to thank everyone, as always, for tuning in, as well as my guest, Lala Kishishian. Um, we had a little joke. I said her last name. I was afraid not to butcher it. She says I didn't butcher it. I. It's it's a great last name. And uh, she does a great job in Canada covering Toronto sports, uh, especially with the Raptors, as you heard how passionate she was about the trade. Kawhi Leonard being here now and DeMar Derozan. We'll see what happens. I'm, I don't have the best of hopes there. Obviously, being a Knicks fan, being biased, but we'll see what happens in Toronto. It was just an absolute honor to speak with an all-time great and Paul Dickov for calling into the show. Um, just obviously everything he's done in Premier League football uh, for Manchester City and how he's still so involved with the team, and uh, just the the expansion and how these guys are are doing the different things here in the USA for the tour, uh, as well as just preparing for another long stretch, another long season to defend their title. So I really appreciate it. It was a, a different feel for the show. And uh, this is the type of stuff that I, I want everyone to appreciate because we don't get these type of things that happen. When you have legendary players from uh, legendary organizations sharing their time and sharing their knowledge with the fan base. But uh, once again, thank you. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ed Easton Jr. Until next time, you've been listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. Here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, iHeartRadio, and Spotify.